Yesterday, we heard from victims of sexual abuse at a church in downstate Champaign-Urbana. It was just mishandled so poorly. The subsequent stories of sexual assault cases and the lack of support at church. Anna Ree was one of many who say they turned to Covenant Fellowship Church for help after they'd been sexually assaulted or abused, but instead they were silenced. Today, WBEZ's Esther Yunji Kang and Suzy An report on the culture and power structure at the church that allowed spiritual abuse and the mishandling of sexual misconduct to go unchecked for years. Even during the summer, the main quad at the University of Illinois is speckled with people soaking up the sun or prospective students taking a tour along the expansive green space. Once the fall semester starts, on what's known as Quad Day, the space is filled with registered student organizations that set up booths and get people to join their clubs. Covenant Fellowship Church, better known as CFC, drew in hundreds of new U of I students each year, many of them Korean-Americans from the Chicago suburbs. They do a really good job at, like, drawing in freshmen. The worship team doesn't suck. It is the best music that we've heard at church. You feel seen. You feel like totally accept it. When Amos Lee got to campus from suburban Skokie, he was impressed by CFC. Where Asian Americans may have been marginalized in larger society, he says at CFC, they found their voice. We all grew up in racialized societies where we don't see people like us in power. And you come to CFC and you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Korean Americans. All of your leaders are Korean Americans. All of your pastors are Korean Americans. And it was here where CFC's former longtime pastor, Min Chung, would build a ministry so large that one pastor on the East Coast called Chung the most influential Korean American pastor in America. But CFC was also a place where a culture of piety and shame sought to keep spiritual abuse and sexual misconduct hidden for decades. Founding pastor Min Chung was himself a U of I grad. He started CFC in 1990 and set up the church's structure in a way that gave him enormous power with little oversight. Longtime members say Chung was charismatic and self-effacing, often talking about what little money he had, but that God always provided. People were willing to listen and do whatever he said. Expectations were more intense for lay leaders at the church. Chris Sotelo was one of them. He recalls a meeting in which leaders asked Chung about oversight. Who are you accountable to if there's no elder board here? Who are you accountable to? We were asking this question to Min, and he said, I'm accountable to Jesus. I don't need an elder board. There was also a notion that to receive more blessings from God, you needed to get in good with Pastor Chung. That meant doing menial chores like cleaning his home, driving him around, or babysitting his children. The environment was most hostile toward women. Chris Sotelo's wife, Mara, says women were treated as stumbling blocks for men. For women, it's like you're the one to blame. If something happens, if that guy likes you or if he says something to you, well, it's because you probably asked for it. You probably wore something that made him think of you in a certain way. CFC also condemned gossiping, or what might be perceived as gossiping, equating it to creating division in the church. That culture allowed Min Chung to keep his own sexual misconduct secret for years. In 2001, Min Chung was riding with two other CFC members from Chicago to Champaign. Unbeknownst to the driver, Chung touched the female passenger below the waist. According to sources, the victim pretended to be asleep, but later confronted Chung. He apologized quickly and asked to bury the incident. It was only revealed a few years ago when other church members found out. 
Chung later addressed the matter at a church meeting. During the early years of CFC, I inappropriately touched a woman. In a secret recording provided anonymously to WBEZ, Chung can be heard calling the incident, quote, an inappropriate touch over the clothing. But sources say that does not tell the whole story. Candace Lee and her husband Dan had found out about Chung's sexual misconduct months before he addressed the church. They confronted him privately, asking what he did. He said, it's better that you not know because then you will sin. If you find out all the details, it will cause you to sin. And I don't want that for you guys. Like he was protecting us. Candace Lee says she and her husband felt manipulated during that meeting. She says Chung asked them to promise not to dig for any more information about his misconduct. He told them to pray for him aloud and asked for hugs as he left. Another former leader, J.T. Park, also pressed Chung about the incident, and the pastor tried to play down the misconduct, that it was just a one-time thing. He compared himself with someone who struggled with pornography and, quote-unquote, never repented. But he, because he repented, is, in a sense, in a better position before God. Chung's now estranged oldest child, Josie, provided screenshots of conversations with her father. She says Chung offered her a sanitized version, too. Josie says he also told her that after the incident, he counseled the victim and that she had forgiven him. I just cannot imagine the level of gaslighting, the extensive trauma that could have possibly caused. Josie says there was little support from her parents when she struggled with depression and an attempted suicide, and then when she came out as transgender. She has since cut ties with her family. Last year, some CFC alums went before the Korean Central Presbytery, a denominational body CFC pastors belong to. The former CFC members accused Chung of eight charges, including sexual misconduct, counseling of the victim, lying about the incident, and even helping another pastor cover up his sexual abuse. There is a culture of abuse that is buried, that is hidden. Miryong Fontaine was part of the allegation team. She's a founding member of CFC. The Korean Central Presbytery only took up one of the eight charges, the one Min Chung confessed to, inappropriately touching a woman. This past April, they found him guilty of, quote, sexual harassment and did not censure him. When we brought our allegation, we did not use the term harassment. When we heard that the ruling was harassment, we were disappointed. We reached out to the Presbytery, but the group declined an interview. I'm sorry. We reached out to Min Chung through email, phone, and social media and got no response. We also drove to his home in Urbana and left a letter with a family member there. As of this broadcast, we've received no response. Sources say current CFC leaders found out about Chung's misconduct in 2018, but didn't take steps toward accountability until the fallout from the Letters from Rahab Instagram account. We reached out to the CFC leaders, but they declined an interview. They sent a statement saying the church is, quote, deeply grieved and saddened by the pain that people may have experienced, end quote. They said they've now separated from Min Chung. They're also getting outside help to investigate abuse and create a healthier church culture. Current members like Becky Kim Park say the church is headed in the right direction. The hope is that moving forward, we can not just rebuild, but like transform how we handle those kinds of situations. In our final story tomorrow, we'll look at how church members past and present are moving forward and what experts say is the right course of action for churches to take in cases of abuse. I'm Esther Yunji Kang. 
and I'm Susie On, WBEZ News.